1: Connect with a credential therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save
2: 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Supported by thegeledn.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeledn.com the square ball by the fans for the fans since 1989 to buy the magazine read the blog and to download the podcast visit the and Camara what a smashing game he's had Chris Camara gives Gary Speed a run away goes Speed he's got a start on them all this time go on Gary Speed get one yourself son! and what a great goal and Gary Speed's really wrapped things up
1: Hello there, welcome to the Squareball Podcast. I'm joined, as usual, by Michael. Hello. White. Hello there. And Doddy. Hello. Uh, first off, let's start off with a little uh, explanation and apology for not being here last week, as we normally would have been. Um, we didn't record for two reasons, one practical and one emotional, given what happened with uh, Gary Speed, that um, we soon realised when Gary Speed died that we would have to essentially been our issue plan for the magazine. So we had a whole new magazine to write in the space of about 72 hours. And I think also, um, from an emotional point of view, we didn't really know how to come into the studio and talk about it only 24 hours after his death, given the general tone of this podcast is one of piss-taking
2: and cynicism and so on. We tend to like to do jokes, don't we?
1: Yeah, it would have been really hard, I think, for us to come into the studio on on Monday last week and, and try and do something resembling a podcast
3: I think practically as well, we'd have probably all been gibbering wrecks.
2: <laughs> <The sound laughs> which th- wouldn't have been particularly good to listen to, I don't think. An hour of four grown men crying is not edifying pod listening. No. Were you at all surprised by your own reaction to it? Uh, yes. Well, it was funny, because at first on Sunday, um, when I woke up quite late, through a hangover over to a, a few emails from you lot, actually, with... Um, Talking and the emails, the tone of the emails was as if I would have known and seen on the news what had happened, and I came in uh, completely cold to that. First of all, it didn't really register at all. It didn't seem to be. It was just, "Who? Gary Speed's dead, and he appears to have taken his own life." And the two things, it told me. I just went and started put the radio on and started doing some washing up at that point, and it was only when they started talking about on the radio and there was people on. On Radio Five, getting quite upset. They actually, thought, hold on a bloody minute! <laughs> What's happened? Yeah, and um, and kind of, and then had to go and sit down and start thinking things through a bit.
3: I was much the same, really. I was actually at my in-laws, just having a round there for Sunday dinner, and i not really looked at the internet or anything that morning. I got an email. The first one I saw was from the Supporters Trust, which was just a quite a matter-of-fact email, sort of saying we'd like to pass on our sincere condolences, and, and, and I thought, is, the, is their email account been hacked? Has someone sent out this as a as a joke or something, and then there was the, the other email from you guys, Now it was the same, that initially I thought, oh, God, how's was, what? Garrett, but he, no, and then it just sort of sank in throughout the course of the day, and eventually getting back home again later that evening, looking at stuff on the internet, that's when I thought, you know what, this is actually
0: terrible. Yeah, well, I've been down the German market in Leeds... Uh, in town with the family, and as we sort of wandered off, and with a house full of four women, they all went shopping, and I found a, a bench for quiet ten minutes to have a quick look on my phone on the internet <laughs> and uh, I had a quick look on Twitter, and then there were starts of messages flying in about Grace Speed dying, and you just couldn't, and you just think, is, is this a prank? Because a few days earlier there'd been a uh, rumours about Margaret Thatcher dying, and then you th- is, is this just a sick rumour or, or or what? And then. There were more and more and more official sources coming out offering condolences, and then as we wandered back down to the German market, there's a big BBC TV screen in Millennium Square, and then the, head, the ticker tape headlines were coming across on the bottom, and it was just a state of shock really that you, someone we'd we'd all more or less grown up with, although we didn't know him, you sort of get like your, your rock star idols and your football idols, you feel as if you know them, and you've it's just very
1: sad. It was the same for me, I think, because I finished work at, well, it was 3.30am, I finished in Sheffield, and by the time I got on the road and back up to Leeds, it was it was coming up for five o'clock by the time I got home. And um, I didn't wake up until lunchtime on Sunday, so the the news was in full swing. I just I looked at my phone and it was it had just gone haywire, you know, and then I looked on Twitter and I was like, oh my God. And I think the thing that did for me was, um, I, I felt quite maudlin about the whole thing, obviously, it's, it's sad news, but then I think the thing that really did for me was the minute silence at, at, at Swansea. That's what got me most of all mm. and set me off because that spontaneous applause <clears> was just...
0: It, and it was then, just punching uh, the guts, wasn't it? Shea Givens' reaction as yeah. well. And Craig Bellamy being asked to be left out of the Liverpool team that day as well. People that have played with him and known
1: him for such a long time. It does hit home, doesn't it? The, yeah. the public outpouring of grief. I mean, I think, to me, obviously we've reflected on it a lot over the course of the last week or so. And um, I kind of got to thinking that it's actually, when something like this happens, it's actually quite a personal thing to everyone, isn't it? You, Everyone reacts differently and, and you start to turn it in on yourself and look at, at why it's affecting you and and why you've reacted in a certain way. And I, I remember we, we spoke, um, we were chatting, weren't we, Moscow online a- about this. And I was saying from my point of view, and, and you'll understand this as well, Oddie, because you've got kids too, that the thing I found hardest to understand was how Gary Speed had found himself in a place where he was prepared to break that unbreakable bond with his kids and, and leave them. And, and, and that was the only option to him.
0: Yeah. You can't imagine what kind of mental state it would have been in to do that.
1: And the contrast as well with the fact that he'd been on TV on yeah, the Saturday, that's... just looking normal and glossy as Gary Speed yeah. always did, you know, the, the, the handsome, yeah. debonair young man who who looked fine on TV and then went off to the football with Shearer, as we found out, didn't he, mm. um, at Old Trafford? after doing football focus and then you know something happened between leaving Old Trafford at five o'clock and then 20 or well, 12 hours later 14 hours later when, he, when his wife found him which it's just hard I think from a personal point of view to reconcile particularly because I've got two children like Gary Speed and that's that's what I put in in the magazine when I wrote a little a little column in there that it's unthinkable that I you know I'd ever think to leave my children like that so it's was, it was really hard for me on a personal level to, to understand and that, I think I found that very upsetting and spent a lot of time just looking at the kids thinking
2: god what's happened why has it happened yeah there's definitely I mean there's a difference in the the distance from it as to the, the grief that people feel because we're I mean it's it's Monday now so it's eight days since uh, since this happened and the news broke and it's it's basically it is time now where I don't know if they've um, moved all the tributes from around Billy's statue, but certainly there's not going to be as many people going down there anymore and there's a sense of sort of like, like sweeping up after the after the um, event's over. I was actually, because of where I work in town, when Jimmy Savile died after his funeral, I was still at work and I listened to uh, the um, council workers coming around and they were um, getting all the... Uh, all the metal barriers that you used to keep the crowds back, and throwing them back onto the back of a truck. So you'd hear this clang, clang on these dark streets, and I remember thinking at the time, I said, there's not much sadder than sort of that moment of tidying up at the at the end of a, a funeral. It kind of feels like we're in that now for for most of us publicly, where we uh, we're going to move on to happier stuff in in this podcast in a little while, and then tomorrow we'll go to work and and carry on, but speed family they're nowhere near that yet i wouldn't imagine i mean poor old louise speed has still got about three different grounds to go to where they all where it seems like everybody wants to let her know that they're with her um and then there's still the, the funeral to go whereas so we're in that kind of that weird outer mode where it's uh time to sort of uh, chin up move on whereas there is um there's a family there that's nowhere nowhere near that yet I think that's perhaps why it's
1: maybe not appropriate you know there have been suggestions about doing things like you know retiring the 11 shirt was one that I saw online which it probably takes it too far it's, it's hard to draw a line around what the right sort of grief is isn't it and, yeah. but I think because this is actually the tragedy is for their family it's not for us it's very sad because he was a young good looking man with a family you know at the top of his profession still you know despite having moved out of the game as a player that it's their, it's their tragedy and they need to have time to to grieve, Mm. because their grief will surpass anything that we could possibly imagine.
2: But then there is that that peculiar thing about um, supporting a a football club, in that it is originally, the idea is it is a club, and I think that's what was kind of nice about last week at Elland Road, was it seemed like I didn't go down to the uh, Billy statue, because it's not really the sort of thing Um, I felt like doing, but um, I think a lot of people seem to be drawn there, just because that's where Fans of a football club go. You go to where Gary Speed did his thing, and you just look for other people around it. And you. It's about it. symbolism, isn't it? And not about symbolism. It's about joining I mean, together. That and that Billy statue is a focal point. It's a, yeah, it's a and symbolic. you know that that's where other people who had the same experience of Gary Speed as you did, and you can basically stand there and look at the things people have taken, look at the statue, and go, "It's a bit of shit, isn't it?" You know. Yeah, and then and you know, then at least then you're not all just you've not got. 30,000 Leeds fans all just sitting in their living rooms at home feeling shit about it you can at least get together and, and yeah, and even if it is just as bad as... it's pretty upsetting yeah, and then but it's a little bit of a connection that um, football clubs have and that's what's kind of uh, good That getting around Newcastle, Everton, Bolton Sheffield United for um, all the things that they're doing He would have been regarded as a a lovely guy, whatever he did, it seems like, but because he he did what he did in football, um, one, there's that extra level of celebrity which makes it seem more important than, uh, well, makes it seem important, but then there's also, it gives back at this point. This is where all all the people involved in that circuit of football, even just to the point of sitting in the stands and watching, give back.
1: And it was probably important in terms of moving on for the fans as well to have the, the this outpouring, and we've had these two games now, which they act as punctuation, don't they? You know that the Forest game was almost like um, I don't know, it was just a big outpouring of emotion in one way, wasn't it? That we almost needed that game to go out there and win it, and to win it in such style as well. We, I mean, I don't buy into mysticism and, and symbolism, but you can't help but feel touched by things like you know the rainbow that was behind Billy's statue at Ellen Road, and. You know, winning 4 0 as well. And obviously, the, the, the go on Gary Speed, get on get yourself, son, was a 4 0 victory. And, you know, left footed goals and things like that. And you kind of have to buy into these things, don't you? Because they, they feel significant and it's things to cling on to and look at. But I think these games were, were probably important in terms of being able to deal with it and move on. And then to have the big outpouring of grief at Allen Road on Saturday. And there can't have been a dry eye in the house, particularly when the video was shown on the screen before the match. I mean, I was. Uh, I'm not going to lie; that I was I was pretty full of emotion at that point.
3: I went yeah. to the um, the forest game because I'd spent the Monday and the Tuesday off off work trying to get the magazine put together and stuff. So I, I suppose we all had been kind of mired in it to a large degree because I'd been sat in front of a computer all day trying to put together a new bit of a magazine which was about Gary Speed, reading lots of stuff online about Gary Speed, watching all the clips of people talking about him. So I was in; I felt kind of overwhelmed by it, to be honest. On Monday and Tuesday, then. The game came along and there was the 11 minutes of singing and stuff. We scored at the end of it. And when that goal went in, it was kind of like, Big yes. It a release, was it? It was, it yeah. was like, it, it just felt nice to be, it was like, we can be a bit normal again now. That was such a release on it. And even though it was, there were kind of, a lot of people looked quite upset after the goal had gone in, which is odd to see, but it felt the same for a lot of people. Clearly it was, that was a moment of, of release for people after a few days of
1: beating themselves up over it. It was quite hard for me as well, putting the magazine together, doing the pictures. And I I want to go on record as well and just say thanks to Faxman in his real-life role as a journalist who cleared all the pictures um, that we used of Gary Speed with the uh, photographic agencies. And thanks to Paul Dews at Leeds United as well, who cleared the Press Association ones for us to use in the fanzine um, on Saturday. It was really hard seeing all these pictures that were released of, of Gary Speed as a very young man, and we featured a good number of them in the magazine to sit there and just see this young innocent man you know this carefree individual staring back down the camera lens at you and it was it was strange like, like you say, I felt like I spent spent a lot of time almost in a strange way with the young Gary Speed over the course of Monday, Tuesday and it was, it was hard not to get really drawn into it and, and feel quite emotional about the whole thing
0: It's going back to the um, game on Saturday oh, the, the video montage we've seen those goals a thousand times before and even more so in the week running up to it on the news footage. Uh, but just, I think, seeing them at Ellen Road, where the bulk of those goals have been scored, really hit home, I think. I mean, I think I even tweeted that I was bawling my eyes out <laughs> just before kick-off. It was just uh, very emotional. But I think just being there, again, you've seen all those goals many times, but it's it just struck home then for me. And then having um, Batty and Strachan and
3: McAllister come onto the pitch, that was... I think that made you appreciate them more as well in an odd way, that then yeah. you thought what we had something brilliant, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> you know, why have we yeah. not appreciated these guys more?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. those yeah, right.
2: three were actually the um, the hooks for what I was feeling a lot through the week. And Wilkinson as well was because... Actually, I posted this on the Squareball forum at one point where I did a little round-up of uh, the interviews because you had David Batty had uh, given that his statement out through his agent that got read right out on Look North. And then there was the video interview with Gary McAllister. He'd done a couple of them, so I'd link to those. And there was a radio interview with Gordon Strachan, and then obviously there's Gary Speed, um, and I said, "Well, that's the greatest midfield I've ever seen. All accounted for. That's them. Um, we know what they're all up to." And it was um, Gordon Strachan's interview was one because the, with that midfield, and I mean, I was um, I was 11 when we won the league, and uh, and so my bedroom was covered with posters of those players and i idolized all of them and had scrapbooks i've still got like i used to go through um newspapers on monday mornings if there were any good leads pictures get i'd buy those papers and then and then cut them out glue them all in so i'd I'd have really very formative um experiences of of reading about them watching them cutting the pictures out putting the pictures on my wall and in books and then here was um it was Gordon Strachan's interview on the BBC. Where at the end, you know, I didn't expect Gordon Strachan to come on and be his usual sort of wise cracking, sarcastic, difficult, difficult <laughs> interview himself. But what I hadn't really expected was at the end, you could hear his voice cracking with the upset of it all. I it's Gordon Strachan, the captain of Leeds United, who I saw lifting the League Championship Trophy, is on the radio crying because one of his teammates has died. I was like, this this isn't this wasn't due for another 30, 40 years. I mean we had the the twenty year um anniversary this year. And we were supposed to have the twenty fifth anniversary in five years then the 30th, and the thirtieth and we'll probably wait till the fortieth one. And then we we'll might win a, it again. Yeah we might <laughs> win it again. Oh we'll have a and we'll have a fiftieth get together because most of the um most of the Reaver era apart from Billy Brown we've got most of them still. But whenever the that side gets together there's always going to be a gap and it's it's strange in a way because with the way that team worked was it was such uh was a unit wasn't it yeah i mean the review you could never actually name the team because you always had um a random Madeley was in there somewhere but <laughs> with the with the with our 90s team it was lukic Sterling, and dorigo Matty, it, was, White, it, it was a first Dragon, eleven. Yeah. Wallace, Chapman, McAllister, yeah. speed. Yeah, and we're always now that we get to number eleven. It's going to be. He's not there. Yeah, I think that that
1: was one of the other things that did
2: for me as well. I mean, I mean thankfully, it was
1: a week on from. Uh, learning of, of gary speed's death but seeing the photographs uh, of batty crying you know the the one person you expect to never see the, crying the is craggy Dave, face yeah, david batty and, and obviously because he's so reclusive these days and he's a very private man to see such again a public thing you know in the center circle of a stadium where he spent many many years himself surrounded by twenty seven thousand people just to stand there crying it's a, it was a very strange
3: i was saying this at work thing. today because the the picture of them in the centre circles on the um, Evening Post today. And I was saying, like, when you saw Batty as a player, but it, like when he missed that penalty for England, yeah. you see a lot of players crying and stuff. Batty. Blew snout, out of his nose and moved yeah. In. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not bothered. A man without tear ducts, as far as I was concerned, yeah. until Until
0: they gave him football.
1: But, yeah, you could, you could see that, well, all three of them were completely in bits about it. I mean, I on a slightly lighter note. I've obviously, like a lot of people have done, I found myself watching the uh, like the '91-'92 video on YouTube. Uh, I think a lot of people have been drawn to that, haven't they? Just a just a you know catharsis. Um, and there's one moment that really made me smile because I found the Sheffield Wednesday game, the six-one, and you know everyone said, "Oh, this is my favourite goal, of Gary Speed. This is my favourite moment, the Stuttgart volley, things like that." I actually really enjoyed. It. If you go back to YouTube and have a look at this video, when Chapman scores his hat trick the 4-1 goal Yeah, after, no, Gordon, after Gordon bloody Watson had dived but we got back in front and we hammered him that day but as Chapman just nodded in his hat-trick header from about a yard out in the build-up to that there was a cross wasn't there which Gary Speed met the it's header corner. yeah and, it, and it, I think he hit the bar didn't he yeah. before it bounced out to Chapman who just nodded it in but he goes away with his head in his hands doesn't he a big mop of hair and he just head he's in his standing hands. in the goal he's standing yeah. in the goal he just stopped he stopped watching and then what happens is Chatterman obviously nods in a second or two later and he just wheels away, celebrating the
2: speed like he knew what happened. He, there's a moment where he looks left and he looks right. And he's like, oh, we've scored. And he, <laughs> like, oh, yay. and he obviously has no idea what's happened. Technically an assist as
1: well for that one. <laughs> but that was good, wasn't it? And and the Stuttgart volley is one that stands out in my
2: mind as well. What a great goal, that. He scored a few like that, actually, that were just kind of instinctive little snatched volleys because that one against Wimbledon in like 94 or 95... That's, um, that's seen shown again. It was just a, a, a near post. He gets there and whips it in. And you've
1: got to think back to the uh, the ones that have been played a lot, and under in that tribute video that was shown on the screens, the one against Southampton, well, exactly.
2: absolute yeah, screamer, and the, one, the
1: right-footed one as well. Yeah, there was the one that, similar to the one against Blackburn. Was it when we wore the blue and green kit that you were and he absolutely leathered that one in.
2: He was a, a bloody good player. I mean, it's still um, that's what I ended up writing in. Uh, in the magazine um about this was it whenever i think about gary speed it's the top man or the evening post kits really that is how i picture it and even when i've seen him um on the touchline with wales there was this temptation i was looking at him thinking come on gary get give the suit back to back to whoever is supposed (laughs) to be wearing that there's got to be a grown-up around who's who's really in charge you've had your fun come on it's weird to think of them in terms of kits, but I can't really picture them in the Thistle Hotel's round-neck kit. It just doesn't fit with my memory of... I think uh, the Coca-Cola Cup final means most of us have yeah. <laughs> tried yeah. to, try to erase those memories. It's actually
0: cheek just before that game, before that final, didn't
2: it? But yeah, it, it's the player that will um, always stand out, and I was uh, just uh, the exciting... Young, well, I'm going to lean on what I wrote in, uh, in in the square ball when I said of That team, Gary Speed was the sex in that team. He was, just, he was just this really exciting young player that everybody just liked.
1: He was the glamour, wasn't he? he had the, yeah. You know, he had the grit of Batty yeah. and the, the guile of McAllister. There was only
2: really a couple of glamour players. It was Lee Chapman. There was Gary Speed, Mel Sterland. <laughs> Beyond that, there weren't a, there wasn't there wasn't much to go for in terms of sex appeal. But um,
0: but the start of the Premiership as well. He had all the Lee Sharps, Ryan Giggs, who were the poster boys and everything, but speed was better than that, and he didn't have a wanky dance to (laughs) celebrate a goal. No, he didn't. That made him that much
1: better for me. Just a good old-fashioned arm in the air. It was fine. White watching now Then let's talk about The football And three wins Out of four That have happened uh, Since we did The podcast last Starting off With our televised Smash and grab Away to Burnley Which Moscow Must have delighted you Given your General antipathy Towards Eddie Howe Burnley manager
2: Um, Eddie Howe was saying After the game That he he couldn't Understand what had happened Which I think Just goes to Show a grammar school Education (laughs) Gets you nothing (laughs) Up yours Howe
1: And do we know If Simon Grayson Left with Eddie Howe's Wife um, uh, he might as well have done, to be fair, because we left with three points that were completely undeserved. <laughs> yeah. Grayson would have deserved his wife. He's a, leg- he's a legendary <laughs> swordsman.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Unconfirmed reports. We'd best not dwell on it. If, if you did, Eddie Howe would
3: go, hey, you know, it's <laughs> quite a funny story, actually. Simon Grayson came in and he, uh, slept with my wife. <laughs> it's all right, though. We shook hands and,
1: uh, you know, had a pint. It was
2: fine. Yeah, I'm meeting him next Tuesday for cider.
1: Anyway... Football, let's talk about it. It was the smashing grab, wasn't it? Completely undeserved win. But, you know, you make your own look, don't you? Take your chances and you get points. That's how it works. And
3: we got a decent goalkeeper in, which I think... Um, that does help, doesn't it? Got us the points in the end, because he made some very good saves, which would have put them out of sight. And they'd have probably won that about 14-0 if we'd <laughs> have had uh, Robka in net. So I've started watching games now with Robka glasses on, thinking every time a keeper catches a ball or saves it, I think... That's one nil with Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> Robke drops that. That's one nil.
2: Is it like your alternative fantasy league? You're gonna keep keep your own record of what our results <laughs> would be.
1: Snodgrass, obviously we know about what's just happened at the weekend, but going back to this, two goals then. He's back in form, isn't he? Just in time for the January transfer window.
2: Second goal, particularly I like a placed everyone likes a placed volley at the back post. He was um great. And then there was the uh the interview afterwards was very nice as well. We're always the fans, at least at Leeds, are always good when we're on telly, whether it's at Histon or at uh, wherever Burnley are. Burnley, I assume. <laughs> yeah, the, the interview afterwards where they're trying to have a sensible conversation about the football and he just breaks off because people are chanting snotty, snoddy, snoddy oi 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 at him. That's that's alright. You don't get that at Coventry or anywhere else on the Reading, no. Because in,
1: in the current issue of the Mag, although we obviously we've concentrated heavily on Gary Speed, we've obviously done some of the other features that we do. And I was trying to think of a picture to represent Reading, who are the most (sighs) meh football club. So I put in a tin of magnolia paint. Yeah, that's what they they are to me. Yeah. We're not magnolia. We are white. (laughs) Potentially containing some lead, (laughs) (laughs) but fun to inhale. (laughs) So, yeah, it's it's great to be part of the League. It's the the League United cult, isn't it? And I think Sonny must love it. He loves it, but. I just hope and pray that we can go up. He doesn't love money more.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, kids, Noble did well. I enjoyed um, watching uh, Charlie Austin. I mean, there's a bit of a story with Charlie Austin because apparently the reason he doesn't play for Swindon anymore is related to our ex. Um, fourth-choice goalkeeper, David Shorts Lucas, who uh, apparently let his wife... Well, I mean, this is probably the wrong way to place the blame. Let his wife get too close to Charlie Austin, shall we say? She's not his property. She could do what she wants, and she did with Charlie Austin. Is, and that, now, is uh, that a
1: fact? Can we verify this?
2: Um, it's... Um, yeah, it's been in the paper, I'm sure. Well, if you go and look at the, like the Swindon local newspaper... Website, it's all over there. Like, every comment goes, it's, Yeah, it's, well, let's just say then, just it's common alleged knowledge. Um, just, for, the, yeah. just
1: for legal purposes, that the person who said that was Moscow White, we can supply full contact details for him on the Not off chance name, that um, David Lucas's lawyers happen to be listening to <laughs> David Lucas podcast.
2: doesn't have lawyers. I mean, we don't even know who he plays for anymore. Who's he play? He's reserved at Preston, I think, reserved in um, his own house. <laughs> anyway, so Charlie, Charlie Austin Charlie Austin with a broken collarbone Or whatever the hell was wrong with him I like to think as Kisnobo was supporting him Was just giving it an extra twist uh, That's why it took so long to get him off the pitch It wasn't that Kisnobo was actually comforting him And saying, oh, you know, I really understand What it's like to be injured I understand what it's like to be injured And <clears throat> I bet that hurts a bit more, doesn't it?
3: Panicking him a bit as well, going I can see the bone, you know I
1: can see it, You can
2: see it This, well, is, this is probably...
1: Well, Mrs Lucas um, obviously fancied getting close to Charlie Austin But Andy O'Brien didn't Because that obviously overshadowed this victory, didn't it? A little bit when we found out in the post-match interviews That he ah, couldn't be bothered, could he?
3: Well, normally when players do this, people are bothered Everyone else just, everyone just sort of went, Really? He just (laughs) could have
1: told us in August, couldn't he? Yeah, Yeah, it's
3: not like Tevez where he'd had a brilliant season And he's a very good footballer He just wasn't very good And then he said, I don't want to play anymore And we went, good
2: I think that the main reaction was just like, oh, there was, there's always something, isn't there? It was like we were leaving Burnley in a really good mood three points, two Snodgrass belters, Charlie Austin in tears, and then it's says, oh, somebody has to go and ruin it. And there'd be screech coming along, making nobody laugh.
1: Well, it went from bad to worse, didn't it? Because we then moved on to oh, Barnsley. Becoming a little bit of a thorn in our side at the moment, Barnsley. At least we've got the chance to rectify this on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve in Barnsley sounds very glamorous, but I just don't like Barnsley. I don't like them.
2: Nobody goes apart from Darren Goff, and even he has Milton Keynes in reserve. And Spurs. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: But yeah, what a dismal day again at Ellen Road. We were rubbish from start
3: to finish, pretty much. There was After the uh, McCormack free kick, I thought we might rally
0: a bit, but nah. They weren't much better, to be fair. I think that's our problem. We've not really managed to turn teams over that were quite rubbish because we've not managed to get the better of them. They were just, just very,
1: very organised, weren't they? Just, it's like almost like they had a plan and they stuck to it and it worked. And we had one of those days where we looked like we had no plan and no plan B mm-hmm. if the plan that we didn't have at the start didn't work, if that makes sense. But we were awful, weren't we? Just nothing happening at yeah. all. And a
0: petty ref as well. Yeah. You're just stopping the game. And there's one odd um, occasion in the second half and we got a corner I think Stoggrass took a shot he went over the bar around the middle of the goal and he toddled off towards the right hand side second corner and the ref made him no other side and he had to walk across the pitch right to the other side and take corner. Yeah, and it it along it, the corner there was an occasion
1: yeah. in the first half actually when um, I think it was Connolly was taking a, a free kick just r- really close to the dugouts so, you know it wouldn't have mattered if it was a, a, a foot or two either way and he made him get it on the exact blade of grass you know yeah. that tweet move it three yeah. blades that way
2: he was oh. blowing his whistle as well can't even shout blow blow I can't whistle I haven't yeah. got the mouth but I have to just shout that's why I can never be a referee blow <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm whistling now move the ball it was a game with no redeeming features
1: the only redeeming feature for me was um, sitting next to podcast listener Lee Coward, who's a big unit. He's a big man. He is uh, a big man. He is, and his big brother's even bigger. That's right. But I want to say thank you, Lee, for sorting me out for the ticket for that. It was it was nice sitting next to him, and his optimism was undying. It went on forever, even when we were 2-0 down and in, in the depths of despair. Thought, well, we'll be all right. We'll be fine. And I've got to say, it's always nice to sit next to an optimistic Leeds fan, because I don't think there are many of us around.
2: It's Lee Coward and Eddie Gray, I think. Yeah. I think this is one. I'm sure hey, we're,
1: we're four 0 down in the last minute. It's all right. There's still time, Tom. There's still time. I think this was
2: the game where, when because the Barnsley player, none of them have names, got sent <laughs> off uh, right at the end, and suddenly Eddie burst into life. He's like, oh, I think we can go on and win this now. Like, <laughs> there's two minutes left. Yeah. We've been awful. Eddie we had
0: a really good penalty shout as well. Eddie White, from what I saw, he got books for that as well, didn't he? He got book for diving, yeah. I've not seen a replay of that actually. I'd forgotten no. about that. The BBC's coverage was pretty poor. It was. Actually, it was definitely
1: it, a
3: penalty. Yeah. No,
1: that's why. Definitely. Think still. Definitely. And that was bad enough in itself, but obviously the significance of the Barnsley defeat put hugely into context by the news we woke up to about Gary Speed on Sunday morning, which also put Forest into context, which was an incredible win against a side that I'm glad to see struggling. Even though Billy Davies ain't there anymore,
2: you always um, want to force Billy Davies back there. Yeah, just just, just,
1: just, just go get him relegated, Billy. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice to see Forest struggling, particularly because they came up and we you know with us and uh, well they took our place, didn't they, in the minus fifteen season? So it feels like it's from that particular little journey into into League One, and it's nice to see them potentially heading back there again, and us us um, sticking four past them because they looked really useful at the start of last season. Not anymore. They were they were absolutely awful. Four 0 was
3: flattered them. We could have well should have really have won that by about six or seven with the chances we had and it looked like we could just score whenever we wanted at times as well after start of the second half after the Becchio goal they kind of rallied for about 15 minutes but we just kept them at arm's length and then they just went ah oh, do you know what we're not going to get anything from this How much- we asked Andy Reid you know, I was just like kicking people I just want to go
1: Out- Outstanding <laughs> I mean in amongst all the you know the outpouring of, of grief and upset about Gary Speed some fantastic humour with Andy Reid what a great <laughs> chat it- this was yeah, because they'd already been singing the old he shags who he
3: wants thing and then uh, it was Randy Reid, he, he eats what he wants. <laughs> followed up, like, you fat bastard,
1: which was brilliant when he was getting sent off. Um, AD White, you fancy, could be doing that quite a lot to players uh, over the course of his career in the next five, ten years while he's still got his pace. People look absolutely terrified of him.
3: Even from a standing start, he seems quite happy as he's just go, 2 two, three, I'm gone. <laughs> and then they just go, oh, shit, he's got, he's, he's, he's got past me. And Millwall results just kicking him, effectively, because yeah. he did yeah. it a few times, and that's the only way they could stop him.
2: I think every game is going to start with uh, the fullback thinking, I c- "It's all right, I can handle him," and then it will race past him a couple of times, and they're like, right, I can handle him, and then they will just have to start putting him in the, in the stands. I worry that um, at some point he's going to end up quite badly broken by one <laughs> of these one of these tackles. But then somebody, uh, um, I, I know somebody from work who, uh, who who is familiar with Mr. White Senior. And he says that um, if if they're introduced to Adi's father before a match, they'll probably be even more likely to leave little <laughs> Adi alone. But is—is is
1: he what we would call nails?
2: Uh, apparently, he is similarly to Mister Coward. He's also quite a, a large unit. <laughs>
1: I can't help but think of uh, a young Tony DeRigo as well, particularly because his, his pace is very reminiscent of Dorigo's and the, and the hairline as well. And you just see him bombing up that left wing, can't you? Don't you talk about his hairline. Look. His dad will kick you head. him. <laughs> it's, besides, you talking about I'm quite happy to discuss my hairline. I did it a couple of uh, podcasts ago. That's fine. I understand there are issues with my uh, choice of coiffeur. It's worth saying in this game, though, it was back to 4-5-1
3: again, and with white on the left wing we did have a bit of balance again we had a proper threat down both sides because you could see as soon as it got put out to the wings there was panic which is a similar
1: to how, we, how it was with Gradle again and Howson looking like the Johnny Howson that we, we know and love you know the, the one that everyone says we'd like to see more often returned in the hole behind the front man he was closing down really well as well was Howson obviously everyone saw the goal but he was always the
3: the first man at their centre back when he when the ball was well when they were trying their best to just play it out and get a bit of time. He was the first one there, breathing down the neck, so it was just an all an
2: round good performance. It was an obscene phone call of a performance. <laughs> there's, there's an element with, um, with AD White looking so good in this formation. Uh, it's great to see one of our young players coming through, um, but you also want to call back and say, wow, it would be so great all then if this works. If 4-5-1 if with pace on both sides, well, it's not grass. Um, if this works... <laughs> then why did we let him go and we're having to rely on our left left back picking up but yes
1: it might be imbalanced
2: because Gradle was so
1: attack minded himself I mean he did a lot of work obviously but he's so attack minded himself whereas Pugh just tends to sit in
2: doesn't he and, and hold his position and let White go past him Sorry, I just had a great vision of White going past Pew and Pew going, fucking up, kicking him. <laughs> 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 oh, wrong man. Oh, they're doing
0: it. Yeah. They? <laughs> uh, going back to Barnsley, I think that's something we lacked with Lloyd Sam playing on the wing. He just didn't... He stopped every time he got the ball. He didn't try and get down past a bit of the defender.
2: Um, he, he just seemed... I have something to say about this. Go on then. Go on then. It's actually it's more based around the Millwall game, but I noticed... him um, Because I thought Lloyd Sam actually had quite a good game against Millwall.
1: I did too, um, so, yeah. In yeah, the yeah. second half.
2: He's, he's a bit... 50 50, but the problem we were having, our midfield and our fullback seem to have only two modes of passing to the winger. They'll either hoof it down the wing for them to have absolutely no chance of ever getting, and it'll probably go out for a goal kick, or they'll get it so that the winger is one on one with the fullback and he's like, like play a through ball, play a through ball. And Lloyd Sam, if you play it through and he's passed the fullback that he probably wouldn't be able to beat, then it's all right, you can get a crossing. But for some reason, they kept us holding back, holding back, and then they just sort of pass it to him still with the full-back in front of yeah. him. There seems to be this mm. allergy it, to a through ball. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And they because, can't
2: all be that crap. Just take a chance and just play a through ball, and he'll get there. Well, if you watch
1: Aiden White on the other side, there's a lot of that give-and-go where he'll, he'll knock it off to Pugh, and then Pew will stick it between the full-back and the centre back and then White's got the pace to get in behind him you think sometimes play that same ball for Sam give him something to run onto. Yeah, because mm. his, his decision making I think is probably the thing that lets him down and he doesn't seem to be able to know when to go outside or when to cut back in and sometimes he can hold himself up and hold the the speed of the move up can't he and you think sometimes release it or cross it but I thought he had a good game on Saturday but it'd be nice to see him getting in behind the full back more often I think I think the problem with him is he doesn't seem like a player that can be relied on
3: he's like I put on the player ratings thread on the forum that Occasionally a three, sometimes a nine for his rating, because just sometimes he frustrates you so much because you're just thinking there's a big space behind a fullback or something. You think go and just take him on, but he'll he'll sort of check inside and
1: do a bit of a crab, run like, across the middle. That, you know, we've spoken before about like <clears throat> decision-making and coaching and stuff like that, and he's going to have to have a run in the side before his decision-making improves, because he'll get yeah. up to... It's a confidence proper, thing, then. Yeah, it? match yeah. speed and match fitness, and, and if this team carries on winning, and he's part of it, he's going to grow into it, and they're going to know how to best serve him down that side. Well, I did hope that Sam would be the one to replace Gradle, because I know everybody talks
0: about Nunes, although he wasn't a winger. He'd be the answer, and he clearly wasn't. But I was hoping so, like, Sam would come in and take on that role. Well, he's now
1: getting his chance, isn't yeah. he? I mean, and, and I mean he had I've,
0: a bad run of injuries last season
1: Yeah I so think he, he's, he's going to take time to get up to that match sharpness But I thought he had a good game I, think, I thought the, the ratings on the forum were probably a little bit unfair to Sam mm-hmm. and I saw a few tweets as well saying Oh bloody lord Sam I, and my, I took my mate to the uh, Millwall game Who's not a Leeds fan He's a he's a Villa fan But he fancied coming along And um, he thought Sam was one of the best players on the pitch for us So you know, it's from a neutral he, point of view You just get
2: drawn into being so used to how frustrating he is Because you see him not beat a defender so many times that it sort of obliterates those couple of occasions when he does. It's almost like if he gets a bit of luck, then he can immediately then he'll beat three and then it will go out for a, a throw. But we had that
0: gradle he... when he first signed, yeah. Or, yeah. Or he came in alone and was outstanding. Then once he signed, you see have a bit of a dip, and then again it's
1: just playing in that team and I that confidence. What Sam seemed to do, um, and I think Connolly's quite good at this, is play that ball. He did it a few times on Saturday, that ball where you whip it round the full back and it just bounces, you know, in front of the keeper and it just needs that touch. Mm. I think he he did that a few times on on Saturday, and I think
2: he looked good for it. So oh, we've moved on to Millwall game now, haven't we? Yes. Which was um, yeah, second half was absolutely fine. First half, it was it all seemed a bit much. There was all the all the Gary space before the game, and then also uh, Zidane getting injured early on, and then um, <laughs> and then more cheerfully Brown getting injured as well. It obviously, I mean, because the the way that was all spaced out, it needed half time for them to get back in and say, right, let's come up with a new plan and work out how we're actually going to play the yeah, second half. we were shoddy,
1: weren't we, after we, had to, we changed shape and went 4-4-2 from that four-five-one, and they looked a little bit lost at, yeah. into the run-up to half-time. It's worth saying, I mean, it is always going to be difficult when you lose two central midfielders because that changes Especially your when whole you haven't got, got any more. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting to hear what, uh, what Simon Grayson said after the match about they knew they had to be patient because Millwall were going to come and, and grind. It was going to be, you know, a bit of an attrition then thing. Their knuckles across the floor. Indeed. Uh about 70 of them. It was it was going to be a, a bit of an, a game of attrition where they get the, the opportunities in the second half and they had to be patient so at least he's seen it and i think sometimes just because we didn't play particularly well in that first half we kind of cancelled each other out a little bit didn't we and it was just a case of getting through to half time uh, and sticking you know with the new plan the 442 and then looking how to exploit you know the wingers because we obviously went wide quite a lot didn't we uh, it seems to be a major part of the game plan
3: I think Pugh did very well when he dropped back um, into the sort of, kind of defensive midfield role, just doing very basic things, but just helping the defence out, picking the ball off him every single time, just always offering himself for a pass, which I think sometimes is the same thing you, you want Housen to do when you see him
1: stood there and you think, just got to help him out. Yeah. Well, this is going to put an, uh, the uh, we're better off without House and theory to the test now he's picked up this knock, isn't it? I mean, we, we don't as yet know how bad this injury is, so we will now see what we're like without him, not we? We
2: swung so widely from, look how brilliant we are with uh, House and just off the front two to now, <laughs> right, well, let's see, he's rubbish <laughs> anyway, we'll be fine without him. But well, it
1: could be that we're now forced into that 4-4-2, aren't we? You know, because we're looking a little bit threadbare in midfield, st- so.
2: I still hold secret hopes for a, a snotty in the hole. Because there was about five minutes of that, and I was rubbing my hands with glee. going,
1: yes, this is what
2: we've been waiting for. I
1: know about your dreams and snotty in the no. heart. Well, who
2: wouldn't dream about Snodgrass? I mean, like, I mean McCormack's free kick against Barnsley, good. Snodgrass' free Snodgrass's free kick against Millwall, superb. And a diving header as yeah. well. The complete winger. I mean, there's an argument.
3: There's an argument say that you want your best
2: players in the position where we will get the ball the
3: most,
1: and yeah. I think he certainly at the moment he is our best player. So. Why not?
2: Five goals in four games.
1: Well, final note on, on this uh, run of matches. Do you think now we're entering into a period, particularly, this is going to sound strange, but almost spurred on by this outpouring of emotion and grief and togetherness that's come out of uh, what's happened with Gary Speed, that it's it has made Leeds United far more united than I've seen us in a long time. And could this be a catalyst to now push us on to promotion?
2: I don't know, because I was actually quite um, pleased, not pleased, but towards the... Uh, end of the first half there was um a return in my area of the north stand to just the regular bog standard <laughs> moaning oh, bloody hell what, what are you doing this shit grace and get it sorted and it's just like it was that it was quite nice to, to listen to this and think getting a bit more back to normal here ellen droves and so, um, yes, the togetherness lasted for less than 45 minutes at the ground until, uh, and, until yes, back to... Um, uh, Bloody hell, kids no why you're running 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> the Squareball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com
1: News now then on the Squareball Podcast, something we just touched on in the last bit. Um, Andy O'Brien has refused to play for our club again. Fuck him. <laughs> Yep. moving on.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there, <laughs> there speaks. Oddity. I mean,
1: like, there
3: speaks the leads, the leads group supporters as a whole.
2: <laughs> Although there was a bit, of, a bit of an attempt to blow this back in Simon Grayson's face. Like, oh, yeah, another example of his poor man management. uh who knows?
0: McSheffrey and O'Brien, <laughs> the two that don't like his man well, management. Well, that was what um, well, O'Brien. has said something along the lines. Of, well, O'Brien manager. And-
2: no, oh, no. That, Jackie that, Oatley said that, that. came from oh, Jackie right.
1: Oatley, who, who um, is the commentator at the BBC. Now she has got connections to Leeds. I can't remember if it was that she studied here or she did a journalism degree here, but she has connections in Leeds, and she's well connected to players and or ex-players. So I think there is a crumb of truth in it somewhere. But she did tweet saying yes that O'Brien had indeed said that Grayson was the worst manager uh, he'd ever played for, quote unquote
2: this is a guy who played for Sam Allardyce and loved it. I mean, that's part of the, all the people who seem to have had a problem with Leeds United and or Simon Grayson over the last few years have generally been rubbish. I and mean, if he's joining the McSheffery Club, we can immediately his opinion, worthless. Well, he said,
1: hasn't he, that he wasn't fit at the start of the season or he sort of hinted towards it in that interview that he did um, in advance of the Burnley game before he chucked the toys out of the pram. Um, and he said that he wasn't fit at, at the start of the season, wasn't he, against Southampton, which possibly explains why uh, he had such a crap game. <laughs> well, it still wasn't fit for Bradford.
2: And if he's holding this against Simon Grayson, then he's wrong, because all um, Andy O'Brien had to do this summer... I mean, apparently something's gone on with personal life, perhaps involving a wedding that didn't happen. She is Obviously, that's bad news for Andy O'Brien. But his job involves being, being fit for the Southampton game and being fit... The Bradford game. It's like that your job, is to play football, so get yourself into a condition where you can actually fulfil your the job that you are very handsomely paid to do. And then if he starts Oh he's the worst I wasn't ready and he's the worst manager I ever had and he forced me into it, me, me, not interested really. especially if it gets to the point where they, oh, they booed me, so I'm not gonna play anymore then May, perhaps you were played too soon, but what you do then is you just you get fit, and if it's all objection um, then, if it's to do with being left out of the side, he's back in the side against Leicester, even though he apparently had to be talked into it, begged and coaxed and pleaded with, and then he played really well, and he was going to keep his place. What possible problem can he have with a manager who drops you if you are not fit enough and you're being booed and you're rubbish, but then gives you another chance when the when the musical chairs move around, and then keeps you in there because and you do well. And
1: backed him so publicly as well, didn't he? He did back him. He said he had a good game against And Lester. he said
2: as well that he told, that O'Brien had sort of asked him to do that. He's like, are you going to be nice about me in the press? Yes. And this he... sounds like a
1: man, the, the sort of character, you know, they always say, don't they, um, when they're talking about transfers, one of Ken's famous lines is that, you know, we, we like to meet the players to find out whether they're made of the right stuff. Well you know in amongst calling his dad a fat bastard (laughs) did they perhaps not detect that he might not Andy O'Brien have been 100% mentally
2: noted psychologist Kenneth Freud
1: well yeah but you know know what I'm getting at that do you think they just sit there and say, "Can you handle pressure?" And he goes, "Yeah, of course I can handle
2: pressure." You're going to pay me my sixteen grand a week contract? Yeah, that's fine. I'll be fine. Well, what's in his um, character that we know about is that he is a notorious quitter and quizzling because he walked out on um, Ireland as well when the, the weren't being very nice about him in the papers. Like, yeah. I'm not going to play anymore. Then, so it's hard, like it's a, a bolt from the blue, and that's why when people go in, oh, you've got you've got to ask questions about Simon Grayson here. No, oh, no, ask questions about the defender that's gone off in a huff and is still. Didn't go out on loan, which was a bit of a disappointment. I was quite looking forward to this being over.
3: There is the West Ham link there as well, which is potentially a reason he seems to have thrown his toys out the pram, is that he maybe wanted to go to West Ham because Allardyce expressed.
1: Yeah, just conveniently in, in advance of the and loan window closing. Yeah, yeah,
3: and then all of a sudden he's got a bit more annoyed with stuff since, <laughs> um, since not being allowed to go there. But anyway... We get him. The, the Tom Lee's is far far better. That's
1: you it. know, going back to the run of results we've had recently, it's no coincidence that Tom Lee's has gone back into the side and we've looked far more solid again. So I was thinking this against Millwall. It's amazing that at the start of the year he wasn't an automatic
3: first choice centre back. I think he's very quickly mm. become our best defender. He's just getting better and better as well.
1: Yeah. Which means you. we can expect him to be sold for... That's that. right. Oh, oh, that's up, I, hate being so, I hate being so cynical. Yeah, or he'll have an awful game or break a leg or something. But yeah, all our,
2: all our transfer news is not negative. We do, after all, have a brand new goalkeeper, freshly minted.
1: Well, it speaks volumes, doesn't it, when Paul Rahubka is shunted out to Tranmere who lost 3-0 in
2: his first game. All his fault. now, that's yeah. not confirmed, but some people... Well, look, it's
1: a step goals. up because um, he conceded three at Ellen Road against Blackpool and was hauled off. So he conceded three at Brenton Park, but wasn't hauled off. So I, it's, I
2: couldn't bring myself to look at the highlights. It was, uh, there were too many flashbacks <laughs> in potential. You know how you put trigger warnings on some things now? That was a big trigger warning for me. Trying
3: to put together an, an even worse League United tribute side than Swindon as well with... Robinson and Shawonmi there as
2: well The North West's League One Player of the Year Who? Enoch, Enoch. Shawumni Yeah
1: Which part of the North West Is it a very select part of uh, It's Jersey the Wirral side. Yeah, The, the Wirral's
2: Wirral. best Player in League One <laughs>
3: Better than any of the Camel-led Players
1: where <laughs> <laughs> like Andy Robinson started <laughs> Nice tie-in But yeah Rehubka's out there um, He's been replaced At Ellen Road By Mike Taylor um, 40-year-old Mike Taylor Oddie there's hope for you Yeah <laughs>
2: It didn't set long, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Nick's my joke. So I was going to do one about Oddie being old. Know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to say. He's got nothing else to say about Mike Saylor.
3: Except he's 40. Yeah, he's, he's quite a decent keeper. He's 40!
1: I don't care. How old was Dino Zoff when he was retired? He was in his forties. He, he won a World oh, Cup when he was 40, didn't he? Get Taylor in the off. team. And keepers do last longer these days, don't they? They're... Uh, they they mature well, like a good cheese or a fine wine.
2: If we keep Robka for the next twelve years, he might finally put a good game in. <laughs>
1: I'd certainly put him in a cellar for twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be lucky to see out twelve months. Never mind twelve years. Um, so yeah, Mike Taylor. I mean, there's not a lot you can say except let's just hope he's better than Robka. I mean, he's bought as a reserve, isn't he? So you hope you won't have it's to. A short-term deal as well.
2: Yeah, he's off yeah. at Christmas. Yeah. Looks like a a, a puppy. <laughs> Got it, except he's 40.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A mature puppy.
2: Leaving a 40-year-old bloke on the street at Christmas time. Come on, Ken, have a heart. Mm -hmm.
1: And just after Christmas, then, we are back in the FA Cup. Isn't it nice, first of all, to be back in the the third round stage and not have to bother with that that first Mm -hmm. and second round nonsense, you know? Anyway, third round stage, we only get big teams. Drawn (laughs) Arsenal again. Almost a a strange sense of disappointment at this one, isn't there?
3: Yeah, a few years ago, it would have been going mental about it but everyone went oh again
2: Good.
1: it's expensive you know nice noodles nice pies but it's
2: expensive
1: we went think there. I can afford the noodles and pies?
2: <laughs> and um, as long as you don't buy the football ticket which is why I think a day out at the Trafford centre is probably more got the yo, yo, have they got a yo sushi there? I'm sure they'll have some gourmet pie stall
1: and it's um, it's and probably interest- a,
2: br- a branch of Dixon's where you can watch the, the game anyway
1: and it's interesting that the reaction these days, I don't know, maybe it's just as a as a, a side effect of us going into administration as we did uh, four years ago or whatever, but everyone sees it through financial eyes now. But it's just a, is it a sign of where football's gone that everyone goes, Oh well, you know, we'll get good gate receipts from that, that's super, we can get another George McCartney. We've become a lower league team in that respect, that someone like you know, yeah.
3: Torquay in the third round would go, Oh, brilliant, man United away, that's that's tons of money. We'll
2: but keep we're... the club going for another two years. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. But we I don't know if our gate receipts are surely not too bad. We,
2: it's not It's It's not not these prices.
3: It's not un, untold amounts of money to us. We have seen that kind of money before.
2: And given it to George McCartney. I think yeah. that's why this is specifically... If we hadn't drawn Arsenal again, if we'd drawn Man City or something, it might not have been as strong. But because Ken did make such a big deal about the Arsenal money paying for George McCartney, and then George McCartney <laughs> didn't, did then turn out to be such an utter shit house <laughs> that it is now... It's such an easy joke. It's almost... It's like a... It itself. It's an yeah. open goal, it's, isn't it? Yeah. It's unmissable. That we're just we'll just get another shit laugh back with the money. Yeah,
0: well, uh, we probably won't because the extra revenue we'll get from this cup tie will probably offset the loss we've had in what five six thousand less
1: at Ellen Road for all the games this season.
0: This is it. Yeah, Ken's,
2: um, Ken's budget finally it the, works.
1: The pot will be brimming <laughs> on the football side of this. Anyone fancy us to do it now? They've lost Seska. And they've only got Robin Van Persie And if he's their only good player Is he even going to play Only Robin Van Persie. Of course Yeah the rest of them are terrible They won't risk him They won't
3: risk him against us I mean we If you look at say, We're saying the Arsenal side's different Look how different our side will be Compared to last year We've got
2: No Alex Bruce
3: Different goalkeeper Different centre-backs Different
1: winger I think we, we're stronger we'll, we'll do it this time No problem Easy 3-0 Easy, yeah. Talking about Alex Bruce then. Agent Bruce being sent out to Huddersfield. Looks like it's curtains for him at Ellen Road. Reportedly on the highest wage at the club. Really? If source, really? sources yeah. are to be believed, Which yes. Which
2: sources? What's the source?
1: And how much? That's just <laughs> what we've told him to make him feel better. No, that's yeah. that's come from uh, James Vors, who is doing work experience, I believe, at Yorkshire Radio. In the, the accounts, accounts department? <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> Not for much longer. He has tweeted about it, saying that apparently... Um, Bruce is on the biggest wedge at the club. Jesus. So if we were to think that maybe, what, that's in the region of 15, 16
2: grand. Mm. Ouch. I don't don't know what to say about this. Sorry, but anyway, yeah,
1: he's at Huddersfield.
2: Where he's, um, they don't like his dad. With a view to a permanent I don't like his dad. Who likes nobody at Sunderland? Don't like his dad. Who likes Alex Bruce's dad? Anybody? Mrs. Bruce. She must have Mm.
1: liked him enough to bear children. At least once. Imagine that bearing down on you. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps he was a... More handsome man in He his wasn't no I've one. seen him
3: yeah. <laughs> seen the pictures
2: He's actually oh, looking Less like Les Dawson In drag as he gets older He's looking <laughs> more
3: like uh, Mrs Doubtfire <laughs> As he gets older <laughs> But yeah It's good to see That he has already Contributed to the end Of Huddersfield's Unbeaten run yeah, Believe Believe his, his, Their magnificent Magnificent Unbeaten run 43 games Imagine not losing that You'd be <laughs> You'd have surely Won the league Wouldn't you Oh you'd be you'd, Double promotion I you'd, think there. You'd yeah. have been, oh, you'd certainly be Clear at the top Wouldn't you Yeah When in reality
1: Go What's the Do the math this, this
3: is stats. this is a stat I heard. I need to double check it's true, but I, I sort of compute so they know what over their league positions. That at the start of this unbeaten run, they were four points off the top. At the end of this unbeaten run, they were six points off the top, still of <laughs> League One. And also during that time, they'd lost the one game, which would have seen them promoted from League One. So, give uh, me a little. Yeah, well done, Huddersfield. Believe. I think, I think there is actually
2: some something to be said to Huddersfield's credit that it is possible for. A football club and to town to get so excited about an unbeaten run during which they lost a game No, nobody else would have had the, would have been able to turn that into such a big deal so I salute you Huddersfield Town for turning looking on the bright side that glass is always half half full as
3: well they've made a big thing about this being a football league record but Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. that's kind of the elephant in the room isn't it it's like, it's like, no 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 so it's a record it is a record Anyway, that's enough about us. I, I was
2: just going to say, yeah, we're, giving, we're committing too sorry. much time. It's to just, them, that yeah.
1: it's quite funny. I just don't. I, I, Pat I just, and Mick
2: had records. Uh,
1: yeah. As a final thing about Huddersfield, I don't want them to come up because they're a pain in the backside. Uh, they enjoy playing us too much, and they're just Barnsley in stripes.
3: <laughs> I wanted them to go unbeaten again and still not get promoted. I wanted them to, I wanted them to be the first team to do a whole season unbeaten, <laughs> and then fo- and then fail in the playoffs.
1: So it's a shame they won't do that. Lee Clark would probably explode, I think, if that happened. Just. Spontaneously combust.
3: It was a horrible bit on the Football League show where they obviously made him go in in front of the cameras and do a speech after they'd clinched this record yeah. and he just sort of wandered in and went, Well done, lads. <laughs> <laughs> and then wandered off. Yeah. About, was that necessary?
1: <laughs> not necessarily the most comfortable in front of the camera. Um, he's, not, he's
3: very shifty, very shifty eyes. In front
1: of the camera. <laughs> Let's talk contracts. Snoddy, please sign one. Please make him sign one. Sean, if you're listening, Sean, you must listen to this.
3: Arsenal <laughs> Money. Put it yeah. to one side, there yeah. you go. Yeah, he's Again, worth
2: we're, it. We're talking about O'Brien taking the edge off Burnley. This was the best attempt to take the edge off the uh Millwall and Forest, well, off, off of snuggrasses last month. He's had a good month, you can't have him anymore. Toys back in the box, you've played with that enough. Time to play with your other toys, which are um, I hate
1: the January transfer window. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, thank really, you for really, digging me out of it. Yeah, a dead I, I toy hate end. it because it's time now the speculation's mounting and And
2: they're never good clubs I mean all right Newcastle are on a good run but it's not going to last Aston Villa mundane Stoke City mundane Norwich City even I mean I quite like mustard but mundane Fulham Division 4 Everton mundane and if that's the people that are in for him stay you almost almost
1: sense don't you he'd like to stay as I said earlier in the podcast he'd like to stay with us because it's a great club he loves the fans but he can't waste his whole career playing in the Championship because he is a Premier League what footballer. He's, what he's
2: got to look at, though, is if Everton come calling, he's got to say, Robert, look at what happened to Jermaine Beckford. I mean, he's, he's, rich, multi- he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's rich beyond his wildest dreams. And do you want that? Because that's what will happen if you end up at Everton.
3: I think the thing, the good thing about the January transfer window is that if we do sell him, then clubs tend to get enormously ripped off. In that in buying in that time, we you know we might get the equivalent of the fifty million for Torres. No, million million. For we'll him. get about thirty million for him. No, it won't. It won't happen. He'll pay for a hotel. We,
1: no, we won't. We won't sell him in January because they'll want to hang on to him to, to try and get us promoted this season. It'll end in glorious failure. Uh, probably the last game or two of the season, and then there'll be a fallout in the summer. Oh, he'll say he wants to stay. Yeah, yeah. Then the club will say something else. Saying they'll say time, they're discussing a contract, and he'll end up getting shunted out. Uh, for a, a million or two yeah. and that'll be it to France
2: and, yeah and we'll all just cry he won't
3: go to France
1: you
2: know, he nearly went to Barcelona they may come back for him Anywho. I'd probably if that happened understand if he if he if made yeah, that move
0: mediocre
2: mundane mundane <laughs> Barcelona with your goals and your fancy
1: football uh, also um, Housen I mean he's injured now but hitting good form when he's back in the hole he probably won't be going out in January no That's- But you know he's not in a rush. Apparently the contract's going to take care of itself.
2: Yeah, that's the noises coming from Johnny and from Peter Lorimer and everybody's just kind of saying, "Well, there's there's an offer around," and we've we've sort of we've mentioned no no description of the scale of the offer. We haven't there's an offer. We haven't outright told him we're selling him, Um, and he hasn't (laughs) outright said he wants to go. So that's good. that's what more do you need when he's got um, a week on his contracts?
1: I think Eddie Gray is an interesting litmus <laughs> test for this sort of thing because he generally, I think he's got the skinny on most things inside that club, and he has said talking of Snodgrass and House and that, you know, obviously they want to play at the highest level. We can just hope that it's with Leeds, mm. and you just read into that. Well, if we don't go up this season, we've lost a pair of them. That's that's how I take
2: it. But again, I mean, with who are the teams that want House? I mean Bolton. Bolton's no fun, I've been to Bolton, when I went to Bolton, the the outstanding thing about Bolton was that from the M62, we see this huge plume of smoke, and I said, bet that's Bolton, and we got to Bolton, and it was a tyre fire, right next to the pub (laughs) that we were going to, and it wasn't just one tyre fire, and it was a big fire, but there was Was there a blue plaque next to it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but there was another like just a, a little warehouse that also just happened to be burning down the other end of the street and I'll tell you this is actually quite a good anecdote because we weren't we, we <laughs> weren't <just> <laughs> we, no this is what this is what Johnny House <laughs> has got to look forward to is we were walking around and we were looking at these two fires and this little oik a Bolton oik mucky face went up to one of the firemen and he was like uh, he was like hey, have you nearly put it out and he was like uh, well we're certainly doing our best and then, uh, Simon Grace, and, and this little boy pointed at the massive tire fire up the road, and he's like, "Don't you wish you were on that big fire up there?" What, why have they put why have they, why have they put you on the crap fire? And the fire's like, "Piss off! I'm busy." So that's what Housen's got for falling. Does this go down to the end? Because you go, if, I'm that little boy with me, <laughs> if Housen signs for Bolton, he's going to have a parade of children coming up to him, going, do 'Don't you wish you were at that big club over there?'" And he's going like, "No, I'm, I'm perfectly happy at." Um, Bolton. the problem is that the football landscape has changed beyond all Bolton's landscape hasn't changed <laughs> no I know it's been a bit burnt down
1: but as we were just saying about Jermaine uh, Beckford it's it's all about the, the money 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 isn't it
2: I suppose if you yeah there's the money and you can I suppose you get some, there's some bit, nice bits of Lancashire where you can get some Big, and don't forget, half your, games,
1: half your games in a season are away, so you get to get out of Bolton.
2: Yeah, and, and you can wake up on a, a Sunday morning, you can have breakfast on the terrace and see the tyre fires in the distance. It's almost an ideal lifestyle. Screw it, house, and I'll take you there myself. Anywho, final point in this section of the podcast, extra time membership... On the subject of value.
1: Yes, is now available. I mean, God, do they want to rinse us for any more money? Not us, because I'm a member anyway, but...
2: I've been rinsed.
1: Season and a half for sixty-two quid, thirty-nine quid for a junior. The international adults, at least, get a little bit of a break, and it's forty-seven yep. quid. Respect international juniors, if you're a youngster from abroad, forty-four pounds, five quid more than
2: a, a domestic child.
3: But surely you get lots of freebies thrown in. I like get a, free, you'll get a free match ticket, maybe a shirt or something. Some I badges, maybe mm. a bottle oh. opener. <laughs> a bottle <laughs> opener, ideal for a child. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: think. Well, I mean, even badges. Here's a box full of sharp pins. Um, <laughs> And I think all they actually get is less use out of out of the right to buy tickets.
1: The right to buy tickets <laughs> costs you forty-four pounds. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Isn't but it?
2: I don't. What I would really love to know the rationale between charging foreign children more. Do you think it's just <laughs> Ken Bates when he was going back to when he was begrudging
1: xenophobic. But <laughs> well, when he I
2: remember last year when he was begrudging the fact that water was sent to Africa. <laughs> this is like a, a similar thing. Some of these
1: might be Greeks.
3: They're getting too much for for nothing.
2: It's just madness, and um, yeah, and um, uh, Faxman, our the hero of this week's podcast, just did a little rundown of um, of comparative prices. The uh, if you want a, a membership scheme at Old Trafford, thirty pounds at uh, the Highbury Library, thirty three pounds. Stanford Bridge, twenty five quid. Scousers, twenty nine ninety nine. So you even get you get a penny change out of thirty quid. Everton juniors, ten quid, and you get two by five pound match ticket vouchers and the right to watch Robert Snodgrass. So <laughs> it's um, I don't know. I mean, how does that disparity between thirty nine pounds for an English child to be a member at Leeds, forty four pounds for a, a a foreign child of any Isn't description?
3: That right? I've not seen this. It seems absol- the, it, it seems absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's like a
1: it figure has been plucked from there.
3: <laughs> why just... is it more than an English child?
2: <laughs> and why is it four times a Liverpoolian child? <laughs> Plus two like vouchers to actually encourage them to go to a game because if you've just spent 40, if you're 12 years old and you've just summed up <laughs> 39 quid to be a member so you've got some poxy badges and a bottle opener <laughs> then you're not going to have much change left over to pay another 30 quid to actually go to a game. Oh, but you get to meet the cop cat.
1: Two games to preview in this section then, the first of which is a trip down to Hertfordshire to Watford. Last few times we've met, we uh, drew at home, last in we 2-2, two, two. one down there, which was a good victory, wasn't it, earlier on uh, last season. Richard Naylor was the winner, wasn't it? Remember him.
3: Mm.
1: Bam, bam. And then uh, prior to that, uh, we had the League Cup victory, didn't we, against, uh, against them 2-1 in extra time, and then dark times, 2006, we lost
2: 3-0. It oh. always seems dark in Watford. Didn't I say that about something else last time? So I'm just picking the club and saying it's always dark there. I've got, for some reason, Vicarage Road highlights. I guess it mustn't have very bright floodlights. I, I couldn't care less about playing. Do we have to play Watford?
1: Is there not some? I think f- they make you do home and away against everyone.
2: Yeah, yeah. but it, is there not some way we just saying no, nah, right? Not bothered. Given the points. It won't make that much difference. Win six points. It's not that big a bigger deal. Having means, earlier
3: slagged off Eddie Howe's voice. I think We need to give a bit of credit to uh, Sean Deitch, the Watford manager's voice, because it's, <laughs> it's. I'm sure he's doing like he sounds like a baddie from He Man or something. You've got because I'm very <laughs> gruff. Voice. I've never heard, I've yeah. heard him. Yeah. He's, worth, he's worth trying to find an interview with him because it. not can't like he can't speak. <laughs> I hope he's got nothing wrong with his throat now. I've said this. <laughs> I, if you're ill. I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry But you've got a ridiculous voice and It sounds like he's Just been shouting All game possibly And it, his voice Doesn't work anymore
2: He's got the ginger goatee Hasn't he He has That's right Yeah Same colour as his face yeah. <laughs> Heart attack red You mean
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he just amuses me Whenever I see him So Let's hope he's upset
1: And really Really croaky
2: At least there's some amusement In Watford yeah. Him
1: I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend to know much about Watford's squad or anything like that. So. I'm
2: almost at the point where I'm prepared to refuse to acknowledge them as a football club. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's how little I care about playing Watford. That's It was me who typed on the prep sheet here, Watford, who effing cares, um, Elton John, but who else? I really can't think of anybody. John Barnes may have a soft spot. Luther Blissett, I suppose, but not as much as he cares about being a Luther Blissett and... P- Playing for AC Milan. Well, the one talking point we used to have with Watford was Danny
1: Graham, but obviously he's off now playing for for Swansea in the Premier League, isn't he? So no. have they got Andrew, Angry Dickinson, the uh, left back? Last time I heard, he was getting sent off for of
2: Portsmouth. I so. could have sworn you said Angie Dickinson. <laughs> <laughs> I was in, she was in EastEnders, wasn't she? No, that was Edith Dobson. Yeah. Uh, or or who's Angie, Angie Dickinson? I was like, who's
3: this
0: woman from the seventies?
3: They've got anyway, someone called C <laughs> Dickinson. <laughs> I believe to be curry loving, angry Carl Dickinson.
2: Oh, it is actually, no, you are absolutely right. Yes. I know who you're talking about now and everything. It's that guy who played fullback for us and was, yeah. We He's, he was nutter
1: Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely psychopathic. Is it perhaps indicative that he can't <laughs> seem to stay at a club for very long that Nobody likes to have a psychopath loose at their training ground.
2: He'll only be angrier now if he's at Watford. That's not going to keep him
3: happy. Speaking of left backs, actually, I should have mentioned this at the Forest Game, I was stood by Alan Sheehan. She's dog.
2: She's dog.
1: She's, oh, dog. she's, she's just two E's. Twitter name. This is, she's, by the way, dog. for anyone who's confused. Yeah. Two G's in dog. I've naturally. actually started following him on Twitter just due to the sheer inanity <laughs> of his tweets. They're just fabulous.
2: My favourite one was, um, oh, what's that kids' film that came out? You, Twilight. Uh, yes, uh, is there a new t- like Twilight? Possibly. I think yes. Like Twilight Six came out, and she's dog. I mean, it's that disparity between him calling himself she's dog, <laughs> and he said, uh, "Gonna go see Twilight this afternoon. See what it's saying." I can imagine. I can imagine she's
1: dog having uh, the intellect of a teenage girl. I don't know why. Yeah. He, but he, it, he did tweet something about they did a team building day at, um, at Center Parks, which he called Center Park, uh, which I found quite amusing, and I tried to. I tried to be really subtle and try and get him to, to to speak about stuff that they'd done. I said, have you tried the pony trek? You know, we love it at Centre Parks. He never replied to me. I just thought it might have been funny. We, well, we were on the high ropes. We were doing team building.
2: Just going to uh, Centre Parks, see what the ponies are saying.
1: <laughs> I also asked him if they'd had a nice winter outdoor barbecue as well on their patio, but uh, he never replied. Wouldn't Having a fun.
2: barbecue, going to see what the sausages are saying.
1: By pure coincidence, my mate managed to annoy
3: him as well uh by saying, that's lovely, Alan, for the whole game without actually realising he was stood there in a bizarre Only Fools and Horses reference. He just kept saying it. He kept looking round and then it was only realised when we realised on Twitter that he was saying,
1: I was at the game. Some dickheads behind me. All right, she's dog aside then. Three points from Watford. Definitely, yeah. Um, are we not just predicting wins from every yeah. game? Are they, are they yeah, they were going against them. <laughs> <laughs> Three points from what? There is the point in the performance. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> God, I hope he's not ill. Uh, then we move on to the Magnolia paint of the Championship. We play Reading.
2: You can get some nice stuff in Waitrose, but
1: it's not cheap. Oh, indeed. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Excuse me. Reading on the
2: 17th. Reading, um, land of a thousand goalkeepers. We'll probably have to have give Alex <clears throat> McCarthy back there just so they can put him on the shelf and admire him.
3: When does McCarthy go back? That's a good. Before one. that game, before isn't it? It. yeah.
2: Lundigan's in training. We didn't mention that before, but he is. He is. He did uh, get his
3: game, didn't he? He's well, it's all behind closed doors these days, and it, it, you don't know what's training. going on here. Do you? you don't know what's going on, but because there's no reserves. Mm. They just make mysterious. He stuff. only
2: broke his little finger, and he is making a bit of a meal of it. How has he been mad. out? Well, exactly. He wants to do you strap think they, it back on? And do you think they abolished the
1: reserves just so Ken could screw more money out of people for LUTV subscriptions?
2: Well, despite giving them slightly less value. Slightly less
1: value for it, yeah. And put the price up. Just a thought. It is a thought. I'm sure that's not the reason. Anyway, Reading, Magnolia Paint, at home, Christmas fixture. Normally a decentish crowd on this last Saturday before Christmas.
2: No goals in the last two meetings.
1: Well, we've drawn all four of the last uh,
2: four, four games,
1: yeah, <laughs> I believe. Let me just rustle paper <clears> to check
0: <throat> stats. Well, I'm not too bothered about that game because I'm going to a party afterwards. Yes, win, lose, or
1: draw. <laughs> you can. Uh, you will find me pissed in a gutter. <laughs> Yeah, nil 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 nil, one 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 one. Last four games, so we can guarantee it's not going to be a draw
2: this time. The first thing I checked with um, Reading was how many goals Ian Hart had scored so far this season. He's scored so far none, despite playing nine times, which makes me think it's coming. He's passed it. Oh, <laughs> He's had it. Said it now. Oh, I think. Uh, well, that's what exactly I said. It's because I meant to. Um, I have a bad feeling that uh, um, a pound on Ian Hart to score would not be money wasted. And they've got a um,
1: long-time rumoured target, Adam LaFondra now, haven't they? Person. Yeah, he's got a lot of goals for Rotherham. No doubt score against us just because we were rumoured to be in.
2: His name makes me think of Octopi, for some reason. He's I'm not sure. from Rotherham, is he? With a name like that? LaFondra. <laughs> <Le> <laughs> yeah, his, his name's
3: Lee Fondre. Jay Rodriguez be, uh, can be from Burnley. Anything the possible in, named, anything's
2: possible in this world. The exotically named Jay Rodriguez. And uh, you would find that... Um, and Reading. At Reading, the exotically named, I was thinking of, Robson Canoe.
1: Anyway, Reading, we're on a decent run of form. Mm-hmm. If we can go to Watford and win, I can see us winning this as well. Our you... usual good form into Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it... and then we get the big FA Cup tie and bollocks it all in from January yeah. onwards, yeah.
2: We've got to bear in mind, I mean, the problem with the Reading game, they're going to play six keepers and Hart's going to score, so we're already at a distinct disadvantage just going into the game. Beyond that, I can't I can't see um, anything Fancy as winning, or I'd, well, yeah, quite fancy a win,
1: yeah. Generally, yeah. that's how I normally feel that. about yeah, these. Yeah. All right, that's all I right, we'll,
2: we'll, we'll go for that then. We
3: Moving
1: on, we don't want to upset Gail Porter too much, though. Is she a Reading fan? <laughs> no, he's making reference to the manager who is a bald man. <laughs> Gail, <laughs> God, man. Gail Porter's not a bald man, but there are.
2: There are similarities. I never thought I'd say this about a joke about Gail Porter's boredness, but you were a bit too soul for me there. <laughs> there is a picture, actually, in, yeah, in the is. current issue of the Squareball
1: magazine. Anyway, on to the Ken Bates villain of the Fortnite award now. The fortnightly award we give out to somebody who's contributed to the ongoing misery of being a Leeds United fan. Uh, first, we should mention Ken's birthday party. He's just gone 80 years old
2: as Ken. And we all. Uh, When's his birthday party? It's ah. got to be coming up in a few days. I'm quite looking forward to it. I've got a new tux. um, I'm going to get some drinks down. I it's gone. What has Ken's Ken's birthday? I know his his birthday was at the weekend. Sorry, the 4th. It's been on my calendar, but I'm still waiting for the invite to to tell me when the party is.
1: You may have missed Tenors
2: Unlimited. Is that who was on? I I dare say so, because I think he's there. Have I missed um, his favourite ensemble? Have I missed the suckling pig with a pineapple up up its ass?
1: Possibly. You didn't miss Suggs from Madness because he wanted too much money. Bloody agents, bloody. Anyway, so Ken's birthday has been and gone. And we didn't get invited. No, so that's got to seal his nomination for the award, hasn't He's it? He's definitely in yeah. the running. So 80th birthday and you didn't see fit to invite us. That's not very After good for all him. we've done for him. I know. The literally hundreds
2: and hundreds of pounds I've given that man. You even went on the BBC to raise his profile. Yeah. <laughs> all publicity is good publicity. You, you had the decency to go on with bad hair to deflect from any... Criticism that may have stemmed from that program. People used to laugh at Ken Bates, but then you went on the BBC and everything changed. Because that's the kind of guy I am, <laughs> a shithead guy.
1: Any other nominees for this, uh, this this fortnight? Well, three weeks actually.
2: Well, I'm too upset after about Ken Bates. Yeah.
1: I'll nominate uh, Millwall uh,
0: because on Saturday when they won the toss, they changed ends. They did, didn't they? Which form. is a bit yeah.
3: They made it. They made us kick the wrong way. At least we had a full south stand to play towards. That's right. Mm.
1: I always think it's horrible having to change ends and then play towards a a half-empty bit of ground. Well, I want to chuck a nominee in from Saturday as well, because when I was sat, I was sat in the Cheese Wedge, which is the first time I've ever sat in the Cheese Wedge, which now completes my attendance in every stand in the ground I've seen a game from now. And I sat on the back row of the lower tier, right in front of the exit, and there was a particularly... uh, It was a Jobsworthy steward who was on. No! Yeah... (laughs) If I recall correctly, his number as well was 102. If if you're steward 102 and it wasn't you, I apologise. But I'm thinking of the guy who was quite old, but he looked to be really revelling in the orange jacket because he got into, shall we say, discussion with a guy who happened to have one foot not in the seated area and in the gangway. And he started telling him to move one foot and... To make it worse, at half-time, the goon squad, you know, the purple-jacketed ones in the bibs, the proper beefy fellas, he got them round to come and, uh, I don't know if it was to throw him out or to have a word with him. Anyway, this guy had moved uh, sensibly for the other uh, half-time or the start of the second half, because I didn't see him again. Maybe he was taken downstairs and disposed of, who knows? he has been disappeared.
2: Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> the stand catacombs. It,
1: it just seems particularly petty to get the the purple-jacketed ones, in over
2: a, a foot, one foot. This preposterous story does not accord in any way with my experience of the stewarding at a Lunderhold. Frankly, I think it must be an exceptional case, Dan.
3: It's the same in several places. I think the, the foot on the over the yellow line happened to me at Hull last year, and the guy came and walked up the stairs just checking everything was was clear, and, can you move in, please? I was like, I'm, I'm in my... I'm in, I'm where I should be. And he was like, foot, and he was like oh, oh, you mean my toe? Shall I just move that... <laughs> Is that all right now? And he was like, "Yes, thank you." What would be You'll this- be
2: mauled by a tiger if you carry on this way. <laughs>
1: what, Arr- what would be the situation if that was a false leg that you had on and it wasn't technically part of your body could they then get you to move it or still move Confiscate a false it. leg?
3: It's, it's, if it's attached to you I think it's part of your property. Is that right? I'm going this, this year I'm going to leave it there. They can, they can they can deal with me. That'll learn Fuck them. Fuck the
1: police. I'm going to leave my, <laughs> I'm going to leave my foot over that yellow line. So my nominee is steward 102, I think it is. So, right. so um, we got
2: that steward. Yeah, got... so,
1: so the nominees, Ken Bates, no invite for the 80th birthday party. Millwall changing ends, but we beat them, didn't we? So it didn't mm. really work. Or steward 102 for being petty. Who should, who,
2: who, who should we give it to? I I was thinking of giving it to um Paula yeah, Hubka. Paul Rahubka,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shall we give it to Paul Rahubka? Yeah. He continues
3: right to drag our name through the dirt with his performances. You
2: send the player out on loan. It's like um when head teachers used to say, When you go through those school gates you are you you've still got you are still representing this school and we hear about your behaviour in the corner shop and when we send a goalkeeper on loan, he is still representing Leeds United. And we heard about these three goals you let in, Paul Rahubka. This gets back to us, and the the thing is, whatever—if I'm sure, I I don't watch the football league show that late because all God's children should be asleep before (laughs) Tranmere are on. But um, I bet you they said in there another shocking goal let in by Leeds United goalkeeper Paul Rahubka playing for Tranmere admittedly. So really, what's it got to do with us? Everything, because of you, Paul Rahubka, for another fortnight. Case closed. Just (laughs) (laughs) Patrick. It is a hat trick Yeah An unprecedented hat trick And
1: now he's had three You can get subbed off He's let three in So Does He gets to keep it
2: Paul Rehubka
1: You ever get applauded? applaud it gets... It's a, a hat trick uh, People have said actually That uh, Several people have said We should introduce A Hero of the Fortnight Award You know To balance things out A little bit So should we give some Consideration to that And maybe We'll we'll, we'll go away We'll talk about it In Squareball Towers And we'll maybe think about that For next time
2: Is there a way we can use it To make fun of Paul Rahubka? Probably Okay then in, I'm in favour Same
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Any other business you want to bring before we head off?
2: Um, this is the third time we've mentioned him tonight. Fax man, we—I don't understand it because my uh, brick doesn't handle. I mean, I can make a phone call. I don't know what else you can phone a call. call
3: with your penis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my brick. It's a very tali- You're on my, on talking about your frick. mobile phone, I presume? Yeah, and it's nothing compared to some of the mobile phones the kids have got these days. And if you've got, uh, one I of tell these, you what, right, uh, I,
1: I re- always remember Lethal Weapon One going back to the break. Lethal Weapon 1, I used to have that on VHS, and there's a scene in that early on when uh, Riggs and Murtor, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson, racist Mel Gibson, are uh, talking on a bridge, and they've got a very 80s mobile phone. I imagine yours to look like that, the sort of thing that comes with a briefcase.
2: I'm not racist, though. Um Sugar tits. Um, so if you've got a decent phone one in the modern era, and you've also got to hand a copy of the uh, Squareball magazine, if you don't... Go on our website because the still copies available. It'll work with the PDF, so you even only have to buy the digital download, apparently. And then you go on uh, one of these app stores and you get something called Aurasma Light. <laughs> this sounds which, like... Uh, like a condom, I know, <laughs> but it's spelled A-U-R-A-S-M-A Light. L-I-T-E. In case you were about to spell or it just, properly, just light? <laughs> yes. And I got the ribbed variant. You were uh, so you um you take it out of the packet, you uh, roll it down. Over there. Yeah. Let's 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 draw the metaphor and just explain to people what it uses Erasmas light. Okay, right. Once you've sheathed your phone in Erasma light, you then um, point it at the cover of the Squareball magazine, and apparently stuff will happen. I don't know what because obviously it doesn't work with my Sounds phone. Sounds
1: like witchcraft to me, but yeah, thanks to yeah. Faxman for sorting that out. It's supposed it
2: worth a look. Bother him on Twitter if uh, he's at Andrew Hay on Twitter. Go and ask him all about it if uh, next time you're uh, wanting condom buying advice.
1: Him or JLS? <laughs> <laughs> The magazine, we've nearly sold out of that, haven't we? Issue 5 for this season, and it contains a lot of Gary Speed. Threw it together uh, in the 72 hours uh, between Monday and With and a Wednesday. great deal of care. With a great, yeah, yeah. A, I, a think, great you, deal of I think you care.
2: are underselling the amount of work that you put into to this. <laughs> uh,
1: um, we we popped, it, popped it together, but it, it, was, it was sold incredibly, didn't it, on Saturdays. You might imagine people wanting to commemorate the day with something that were plenty of speedo in it and some really, really good photos. We've got about 100 copies left, is that right? Yes, about that, yeah. They will be on sale at the Reading game, but with there only being 100, they
3: will go fairly quickly, I imagine. So And sales on Avoid the Avoid disappointment. Brisk, <laughs> brisk
1: sales on the website as well, so they are they are running out fast.
2: If you are disappointed, though, at the Reading game, what can you do to raise your spirits?
1: Uh, well, before we, we have got an unlimited supply of PDFs, so the, digi- the digital oh, okay. thing, we've restocked the warehouse, and they are in plentiful supply. So if you can't get the paper copy, of course, there's always that. I meant to mention this. We've relocated the PDF warehouse to Bolton, and it's on fire. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, in, in the issue five of the magazine, and on the 17th, when that issue is on sale... The Christmas Party. Quick word on Who's that. Who's Christmas Party?
0: The,
2: Christmas, <laughs> the party. Christmas Party. Our Christmas Party. And
1: where is it? It's at Temple Works, which is in Holbeck, which is just round the corner from Peter Lorimer's pub. Stones throw from the ground. It's not too far, is it? 10, 15-minute walk near the yeah, Not if you're
2: following me. It took about three quarters of an hour when I tried to, to take some people there to the... Uh, a casuals exhibition.
1: But it's in there. It's an old warehouse, but a very grand Egyptian-looking building, isn't it? it used to have sheep grazing on the roof back in the day.
2: Yes, and it certainly is. a building. One it's, of the it's, finest.
1: it's a sort of... Uh, we're going for a shabby chic look, mainly shabby. Uh, mainly be, shabby. Because
2: but... none of us are really interior decorators at heart.
1: But we've got lots of uh, Leeds memorabilia going to be going in there, and we're going to have a bit of music and plenty of drinks, and it's going to be a good do. So tickets are only two quid, and all the proceeds from that are going to our charity for the year, which is the Leeds Children's Hospital Appeal. So tickets two quid, get them at the squareball.net Worth mentioning as well that we do have the head of Ken Bates as well.
2: Oh, yes, we do. We haven't revealed this yet, have we? We have Ken Bates' head. It's been mentioned in public, so we can mention it here, that yes, Ken Bates, his head, on a plinth. There's not a lot more we can tell you about that. Just come and look at it. For two quid to see Ken Bates' head on a plinth. I think you've got all the information you need.
3: Yeah, it's going to be a good night. It'll be cheap booze, lots of decent music on, which which obviously Dan will be playing. You've been to, like, S Club 7 and... and Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah there'll um, be some line dancing maybe you never know <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be great come down and see us we'd love to meet you and share a drink with you and toast a victory against Reading which will happen it will almost certainly definitely and good. it's Christmas anyway so even if not get pissed and upset people we need to mention Dave from the Dublin Whites don't we uh, quickly give him a shout on the podcast
3: yeah I met him at the this bit of all the Barnsley game and he was saying now everyone over there is really into the podcast and listens to it it's a good way to keep in touch and everything so
1: fair play to you keep listening so if you bump into us in person, we can give you a mention on the podcast. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do via email, the address podcast at squareball.net Send your tweets to the square Ball. You can also find us on Facebook. We like hearing from people, don't we? It's nice. It puts us in touch with the world outside these studio walls. When
2: nice people send us nice things, it's good. When nasty people send us nasty things, it's bad. We get very precious little of that. That's not an encouragement to start. <laughs> Why don't you let me down this line? It's just... just
1: shall I wrap it up if you've nothing nice
2: to say don't say anything at all bear that in mind when you communicate with the square ball indeed well that's
1: it for this
2: podcast at the end of an emotional week uh, we will
1: return again in a fortnight hopefully with more positive news to report so goodbye from me bye from Michael goodbye bye from Moscow goodbye and bye from Oddy goodbye we will speak to you in a fortnight good luck with the Christmas shopping we'll see you at the party
2: the square ball podcast supported by thegeldedend.com